Okay, before I do the unthinkable and unmute Matthew Lawrence's line, I want to remind you about our friends over at Adele Golf. Power and precision. Adele Golf's SMS and SMS Pro irons offer the ultimate in iron adjustability. Featuring the revolutionary swing match weighting technology, precisely dial in each iron to your swing by moving the heaviest weight to its optimal position for maximum performance. Learn more about them by going to adelgolf.com. And folks, do you sway in your off balance in your golf swing? You know what? It could be your shoes. A golf shoe needs structure to provide stability and reduce sway. How can you tell if your shoes lack structure and are hurting your game? If you can hold your shoes by the toe and heel and twist it, toss it. Squares was designed for the perfect balance of structure and comfort. Isn't it time you tried Squares? Try the new Speed Bolt at Squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com. Looking for the ultimate Myrtle Beach golf experience? Well, it's only a click away. Check out the two-play special at two of America's most awarded public golf courses, Caledonia Golf and Fish Club and True Blue Golf Club. They are low country masterpieces featuring two iconic Mike Strands designs. Play these two incredible courses for one great price. Visit CaledoniaGolfAndFishClub.com to learn more about the two-play special and book your tee time today. Again, that's CaledoniaGolfAndFishClub.com. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to press the unmute button on Matthew's line. Now joining me is Matthew Lawrence, one of my all-time favorite actors, radio hosts, and people on the planet as well. You yeah, guys whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Can I finish? Yeah, go on. Can I? All right. You yeah. guys hear me talk about Matthew show backspin golf all the time because it's fantastic and a great way to start your Sunday mornings. You can stream Matthew's show by going online to WLXG.com. Also does a daily show that you can listen to on your lunch break. It is appropriately called the Matthew Lawrence Show. And in 2020, Matthew was recognized by the Kentucky section of the PGA of America as their media representative of the year for his great contributions to the game. Among Matthew's other works on the big screen is his stellar performance as bass player Sal Amato in my all-time favorite movie, Eddie and the Cruisers. You've seen him on Saturday Night Live, Beverly Hills 90210, One Tree Hill, 30-something, and a thousand other shows. He's also been the sideline reporter and the pre- and post-game host for Duke Basketball, now Kentucky Basketball, and they don't come bigger or better than Matthew Lawrence. Hello, my friend. Okay, is that it? That's Are it. You... That's all it. Right. I, that's all I got. All right. Now, uh, it's kind of hard for me to know where to even start, but this is this is, first of all, to, I understand tomorrow's your birthday. Right. And I guess, you know, the four of us that are on this particular episode of Next on the T are honored that you chose us for your pre-birthday podcast. Thank you. I mean, I can't speak for the other three. I'm a little honored. Okay. A little? Uh, You're a little? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. So you have these three guys. Tom Patrick, Keith Hirschland, and my older brother, Mitch Lawrence, who is four minutes older than I am, who I just listened to him. I've been listening and I just listened to him go through in 20 or 25 minutes the entire history of golf. I, it, it was on. I just sat there and went, who is this guy? Who? Uh, <laughs> 
I go, we shared bunk beds for 18 years and I have no idea who he is. But <laughs> anyway, so my feeling is, and all three of them are experts of the highest order of what they're talking about. Tom, as a, you know, one of the great teachers of golf of all time, Keith, one of the giants of the broadcasting industry, my brother, one of the great uh, historians of the game, whether he says so or not. And I'm like the court jester here. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> who I am. And uh, in a way, I feel really good about it because everybody needs a little humor in their lives as opposed to just excellence like those three guys brought before me. Does that make sense? It does. And, I mean, we all need we all need levity in our lives, and you're the bringer I, of the levity. I'm the levity bringer is a good <laughs> title for me. Now, here's something else I'm going to say. If I hear one more time about, look, we all know Chris Mascaro is the single most positive person on this planet today in the face of negativity like we most of us have never seen in our lives. Christmas Garrow is the definition of positivity. And obviously, it's just an amazing, I, I, don't, I still can't figure out how you do it. But uh, I said something to you before we did the show, I think it was yesterday. I, I can't believe that you have somehow conned people into believing that tomorrow is your birthday when you you yourself said you may have five or six of these during the year <laughs> I, I i i i i it's i'm stumped chris i'm i just you know you know what i feel like i feel like i am don rickles now at a roast of somebody <laughs> that everybody loves that's who i am the courtchester Who's going to come up <laughs> and just, oh, I can't do it. Wow. It's, your birthday, so it's your birthday tomorrow. I right. No, I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, and before I let you, I don't know if you were even going to ask me a question. I'm just <laughs> going here. Uh, but here's another interesting thing about twins. Mitchell and I did not discuss at all. Uh, we, you know, we obviously knew we were going to be on the same show. Something that I have been doing, this is on my children's lives, the truth. I have been doing this for people's birthdays for years. I mean, years. And here's what it is. You ready? Okay. And I'm going to do it. And then I'll talk about what my brother did and how messed up it was because he was <laughs> on first. You ready? Okay. Okay, here it is. Frank, come here. Come here, Frank. Okay, go ahead. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right, that's enough, Frank. Thanks. <laughs> Now, I don't get the rest. I have, I have, this is the truth. I have friends that have saved my voice message with me 
singing Frank Sinatra doing happy birthday from when we first got cell phones, basically. (laughs) That's how long I've been doing it. And I was so excited I could do it with you. And then my brother comes on and Bing Crosby shows up (laughs) there. It's unbelievable. Upstaging you again. His whole life. He's He's upstaging My entire life, Chris. My entire life. (laughs) Anyway, did you have a question for me? (laughs) 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 Wow. I don't know how to get back to anything golf related after that. Something about golf? I mean, you know. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Yes. Yes. Yesterday, a guy tweeted. That the mm-hmm. ticket guy he sees every day baffled him because one day they talk and get along great. The next day, the guy won't even say hello to him. And it turns out that's oh, because yeah. twins work there. And you yeah. responded saying that you and Mitch used to do that all the time. I'm Where did you do you, that? It just made me laugh. That whole thing. It's not exactly the same time, but the perfect example is um, quickly. I went to acting school when I got through with college. I was going to be an actor. Mitch didn't decide to be an actor for about five years or six years. And then he decided he wanted to be an actor, too. And we went through periods of our careers that were very difficult. Um, We didn't talk for a long time because, uh, you know, you're in a business that it depends on a lot on your looks and you're competing for jobs with somebody that looks exactly like you. it was very difficult. And I think it we were dealing with things from our childhood that we never even knew. We always loved each other, but it was very hard. And so when Mitch uh, was on an incredible show called Not Necessarily the News uh, and I would go out to L.A., And he was living out there doing the show. And then later when I was on, uh, I got, I was on a series called duet on Fox and he wasn't not necessarily the news was over. People would come up to us at different points in our careers. And so somebody would say to me, man, I love you on that show. Not necessarily the news. And the first time somebody does it, you go, uh, that's it's not me. It's my brother, Mitch. Oh, and by the 10th person in one night that does, it, you're pretty angry. <laughs> it brings up all this stuff. Why is my brother working and I'm not working? And the same thing for him. People would come up to him and say, I love that show duet. And by the 10th person. And so depending on where they were in that line of people, they would go, God, th- I met this guy the other day and I thought he was great. And then I saw him like the next day and he was the biggest jackass that I ever <laughs> saw. I mean, it was it, it was almost exactly what that person said to some degree. Um, it's, you know, identical twins are, are we're, uh, we're we're a species unto ourselves, I guess I'll say. But he. um you know, obviously, he's the best person I know on earth. And, um, you know, uh, we're we're getting up there in age. And it's it's truly the biggest blessing in the world that we're both still here. And 
he at least has his mind. My mind is not, not that great <laughs> right now. But, you know, at least I have him around to tell me my mind isn't that great. So, Which is that's nice. That's how I look at it. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> he posted a picture of the two of you along with Jim Beheim and PJ Carlissimo. When yes. were you guys hanging out with those guys? Oh, Chris, we've, you know, we've talked before about this. Um, one of the great things about like speaking with you on next on the T or, um, anything like this is it, it reminds me of what an incredibly blessed life I've had. And I know Mitch feels the same way. Um, we have gotten to do things and meet people that most people don't get to do. And all because of golf, by the way, all of it is because of golf. Where we grew up, we used to beat the crap out of guys that played golf. We were from New York. Nobody played golf. Uh, well, are you kidding me? And because of the game of golf, which Mitch started playing first, and then our acting careers, we were invited. We started getting invited to these celebrity golf tournaments. And um, but I've played all over the world in those. And in, in, I don't even know how many we, I played in. But um this is actually a, a, a great story. If you have a minute. Uh, yeah, we, we got a minute. Okay. Um, that picture, I want to say, is from, boy, either. It's hard to know which tournament that was from. It, we used to play in one in Wilmington, North Carolina, another one in Hilton Head. And these guys, there was like a, a whole group of us that played in all of them. and. I got to know PJ uh, and Beheim first. Uh, Mitchell and I got to know uh, PJ and Beheim first. We went to play in a tournament in Hilton Head. And we walked into the party on Friday night and we looked and at this table were PJ and Jim Beheim and um, I think Jim Calhoun, although I'm not sure about that one, and Valvano, Jim Valvano. And Jim Valvano had recruited Mitchell and I when we were in high school. And he used to, he was at Rutgers and he used to come every Saturday to practice and sit with our father. And our dad loved him. I mean, and he wanted us to go to Rutgers really badly. Anyway, we show up at this party and we stand at the doorway and there's PJ and Bayheim who we didn't know, and Valvano, and it was 20 years after he recruited us. And so we said something like, do you think he'd remember us? I said to Mitchell, and he said, well, let's go over and say hello. So we walked over to the table, and we're standing there, and they had had a few drinks, all of them. And we looked at Jim, and one of us said to him, Coach, uh, this is Mitchell. I'm Matthew. Uh, we don't know if you'd remember us, but." And Valvano goes, remember you? How many sets of white Jewish twins do you think I recruited? <laughs> <laughs> and and from there, we spent the whole weekend together. And that's where we got friendly with PJ and Beheim. And that was, I'll tell you the year, it was 1988. So we've known them since then. Um both PJ and, and Bo, uh, and along with, you know, 
so many other people that we've gotten to know because of golf and playing in these um, golf tournaments. So there's a picture that you posted of you and Elton John. I can't imagine you guys got together over a golf tournament. How'd you get no. to know Elton? <laughs> no, that that's a pretty good uh, thought, Chris. You would be right in that. I did not meet Elton at a golf tournament. Um, this is, that's amazing too. Um, when I was in LA, I had a manager named Mike Hewittson who was English. And before he came to LA, to be a manager. He was Elton's right-hand man for a very long time. And uh, he came to me one day, I was doing the show duet on Fox, and he came to me and told me that uh, Elton was coming to town and uh, he was gonna you know, do a concert and we were gonna go to the concert. And I said, you know, I loved Elton. And I said, oh, fantastic. And Mike said to me, I'm going to warn you, he has a crush on you. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, he loves duet. He absolutely loves watching that show and he thinks you're great. So I'm just telling you, he's got a crush on you. And I went, yeah, okay, whatever. We went to the concert and before the concert, we went downstairs uh, under the, I think the forum at that time. And he introduced me to Elton and Elton walked over to me and hugged me, just put his arms around me and hugged me. I looked at Mike and I kind of went, uh oh, <laughs> he started laughing and it, it turned into a whole thing. And uh, that I think that it wasn't that concert. That picture came from Elton is in his Beethoven wig and all that. But it was around that time, one of those. and. I got to spend quite a few nights uh, with Elton when he was in L.A. because of Mike. And again, just I'm incredibly blessed with the the people that I know. He actually sang uh, at the Hollywood Bowl, called me up to the front of the stage and laid down on the stage in front of me, resting his head on his hand and sang sorry seems to be the hardest word right to me at wow. the Holly at the hollywood bowl um pretty amazing yeah I'd say so yeah so speaking, speaking of shows or the show of shows you yeah. tweeted out a while back about your relationship with carl reiner talk about the influence he had on you oh boy oh chris um we grew up in a house where we listened, my parents, my mom, listened to Frank Sinatra, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, and in our house was the album, The 2,000-Year-Old Man by Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. And uh, over the years, it just, you know, I knew every word on that album. And I was doing a play off-Broadway in New York. Uh, with an actor named Gene Davis, and he was married to a casting director in Los Angeles. And one night, her name was Penny Perry. One night, Gene was talking to Penny, and he said, Penny wants to talk to you. And I got on the phone, and she said, look, I can't fly you out here, but if you can get out here, I want to get you uh, 
a meeting with Carl Reiner. He's doing a movie. You won't want to do it, probably, but you should just come meet him. I said, what do you mean I won't want to do it? She said, I can't talk about it. Just come out. So I got on a plane and I went to meet one of the absolute idols of my life. And I walked into his office. I could barely speak. And I sat down in front of him. He was behind his desk and he explained to me that he why I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, it was a movie he was going to do with Steve Martin called Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. And it was a groundbreaking movie where they were going to use uh, scenes from 1940s black and white movies and intercut Steve and characters from today into the same thing. So it all looked like a 1940s black and white movie. He said, here's the problem. It'll be about six weeks of work. I went, wait, six weeks of work with you and Steve Martin? He went, yeah. I went, okay, I'm in. He said, now hold on. He said, they'll never see your face. I said, what? Do you, what? He said, you will be all those old movie stars, Humphrey Bogart, Alan Ladd, James Cagney, all the ones from the old movie. But all we will ever see is your back, the back of your head, your hands. And I went, like, I care, Carl? <laughs> really? And he was shocked. And anyway, I, uh, I went out and worked for about six weeks or so with Carl, um, who was the most wonderful human being that you could ever meet. And the first day I went, uh, um, I'm sorry if I'm getting long-winded with this, but I, I'm getting emotional now about this. The first day I went there to the set, uh, we were shooting at Laird Studios, and I walked in and there was my, there was a director's chair with my name and one for Carl. And next to each other. So I sat in mine and Carl came, had a cup of coffee and he sat down, said good morning to me. And we talked for a minute and he got up. He said, I'll be right back. I have to go to the restroom. And there's a line from the 2000 year old man that goes, uh, Carl says, I'm going to wend my way through this uh, room. And Mel Brooks says, good luck on your wending. That's one of the lines from the movie. So Carl said, I have to go to the restroom. And I said, good luck on your wending to him. And he turned around and he said, you know that album? And I said, I know every word of that album. He said, okay, good. He went to the bathroom. He came back. He sat down. He said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Every day while we're having our coffee in the morning, you and me will do some of the stuff from the album. Oh, my. I said, what? He said, yeah, you be Mel Brooks. I'll be Carl Reiner. <laughs> and so every day I would sit with Carl Reiner and we would do cuts from the album. Uh, I mean, I, as I say this now, all these years later, I still can't believe. It. And it was one of the, the great experiences of my life, being with him and Steve martin for all that time and it really was mostly just us and then he did another film a couple years later 
um, called Sibling Rivalry that my agent called one day and said, uh, we just got a call. Carl wants you to do this movie uh, that he's doing and you're going to play Carrie Fisher's husband. And I went, really? And I saw him the first day. He said, I've always wanted to do something where they would see your face on screen that I directed. Wow. And so I spent uh, two or three weeks doing that with Carl. And he was just the most wonderful man. When his book, he wrote an incredible book about the Dick Van Dyke show, which was his show. And um, I sent an a, a email to his office asking if I got a copy of the book, would he autograph it for, for me? And I didn't hear back. And somehow they got my address and in the mail came a book with the most beautiful inscription from Carl in the front that said something like the greatest act to the greatest actor I ever worked with. Love Carl. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's my Carl Reiner story. What a great mm. story. Now I got to go out and rent Sibling Rivalry. It's really good. It's with Scott Bakula and Kirstie Alley and Carrie Fisher. And, but, you know, the great, it's not even most of the time the work on the actual things you do. It's having, I mean, I, you know, I got to have lunch with Carrie Fisher all those days. We would go sit in a restaurant. She was the smartest, funniest woman that I ever met, ever. Um, that's what, you know, the movie was fine, but it's all the relationships that, that you make along the way when you're, when you're working that are so great. No doubt. Yeah. Yep. All right. So one more before I let you go. And I, I, this is something we talked about last time. You know, speaking of what a great star you are and the, and the things that you do and you did a very cool thing in Lexington with Eddie and the cruisers. You did a special screening at a historical theater and you, was for a great cause and all that sort of stuff. And what I want to know is when, when is the two version 2.0 or the reprise of that going to be? Cause I was hoping that a, I would get an engraved invitation to attend such a thing. And I was hoping it was going to be this summer. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. Let me think about that because what, what the event that you're talking about, um, and by the way, this is the 40th anniversary of the release of Eddie. Is that right? 1983. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's amazing. I was only eight when, when I did that movie. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> I was a prodigy, I think. <laughs> um, uh, um, but the response and and how... It was amazing. I mean, in that movie, I love that you love the movie so much. I mean, it's it's that night, you know, people coming up to me and telling me why it meant so much to them and uh, the stories I heard and all of those things. Um, and you got to tell the story, is, by the way. I'm sorry. I said before we end this story, you got to tell the story about the young oh, lady the, and, and their father. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, real quickly, I. I had I have a friend here named Vanessa who I've known for a few years and uh the day I met her she lost her mind that she was standing in front of Salamato and it always kind of surprises me a little bit but um she said it's my favorite I can't even explain to you and every time I would see her it would be the same thing so 
I announced that I'm going to do this uh, for the flood victims of Eastern Kentucky and have a special one-time screening at a iconic theater here in Lexington. And um, she comes with her family and uh, we talk and I've seen her, but she's never said this to me. And she came up to me before the movie. She said, I don't think I've ever told you why it's so important to me. Oh, uh, I'm going to lose it. Sorry. She said um, her father had gotten a brain tumor. He was 41 years old. And as he got worse, she said, Eddie and the Cruisers was his favorite movie. He loved the soundtrack from that movie. And she said, I had a red convertible then. And as he got worse, I decided I was going to take him for a drive every day when it was nice and just drive around with him. And the first day we went out, he took, uh, I guess it was a cassette, man. And we listened. She said, we drove around in that red convertible listening to the soundtrack from Eddie and the Cruisers. That's all we listened to driving around uh and he passed away and he was 41 and she said that movie is my dad so um sorry it's um you know it's it's a pretty astounding that something that you did 40 years ago could have that effect on somebody it's really quite amazing um, so let, uh, let me think about this because maybe there's something this summer that I can do this again and um, find another charity that that we could donate the funds from. That's a good idea, Chris. Yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope, I hope we can make that happen. Well, I'll try, but you're not getting a freaking engraved invitation. Come Forget on. It. No, Come I'll on. text you. I, I'll I text think- you. I'll send you a text. <laughs> 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 all right i'll, I'll okay. take the text all right all right i'll take right. the text you know if that's okay. the best you can do all right okay good <laughs> <laughs> matthew let our listeners know again how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you do listening to your shows and then following you on social media oh boy uh on twitter i am at real r-e-a-l lauro l-a-u-r-o and the number five uh, you can also go to WLXG.com. Uh, I'm on ESPN Sports Radio here in Lexington from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. And, of course, Backspin Golf, 8.03 tea time on Sunday mornings, uh, also on WLXG or the app ESPN Radio Lexington. Matthew, I love you, my friend. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night and being generous with your time to to be here. You uh you make every show you're a part of better by being a part of it. So I thank you so much for the number of times that you've been here. Well, uh, you know, I heard everything that Mitchell said and Keith said and Tom and you know, it's all a bunch of crap, but I guess I'll say it anyway. Um, you know, we all everything that they've said is true. We all love you more than you could know, and you are a shining light um, to everybody that knows you 
everybody your shining light sometimes in the darkness um but uh you're a hell of a guy that's all i'll say you're a hell of a guy well the feeling is definitely mutual i'm privileged to know you and your brother you guys have meant a great deal to me over the years that uh, i've gotten to know you and um one of the best things about doing this show is uh, I, I've gotten to know so many of my heroes, so many wow. of the golfers that are heroes. But you, you were a hero back in 1983, and, oh, uh, and you've been one for 40 years in my life. And we've probably known each other for, I don't know, seven, eight years, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, well I hope you have a great day tomorrow. Happy birthday. I may give you a call during the day. I don't know. I'm pretty busy. So, you know, I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can work me in, that would be great. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> see see you. Take care, my friend. We'll catch up soon. Bye. See you, Matthew. That is a great Matthew Lawrence. And, and, and the two brothers are shining stars in my life. They have been for the number of years that we've gotten to know each other. And, and like I think Mitchell was talking about it, you, you, don't, you don't meet people. You meet people over social media. We have never seen each other in person, but we talk on the phone and we've gotten to know one another, like I say, over the last, you know, six, seven, eight years, whatever it's been. And uh, a wonderful friendship has come out of these guys coming on this show and then our support of one another on social media and then in our personal lives, like I say, when we talk off air. Um, two of the finest individuals you'll ever meet. They're just wonderful human beings. They've meant a huge, meant, many, meant, a, meant a lot to me. Over the course, I've learned so much from them, listening to how they do their shows, how they conduct interviews, and just how they are as human beings. They've they've uh, had a dramatic impact on my life, and I'm so lucky that uh, I get to call both of them friends now. It uh, is just one of the wonderful things that have come out of doing Next on the T. So my huge thank you to them for everything they've meant to me over the years. Folks, before I close up shop tonight, you've heard me talk about some great products that I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show. And another one that stood out to me is On Point Golf. Game-changing, three-dimensional ball markers that science shows will help us see the line better when we're putting and therefore make more putts and lower our scores. See for yourself why Jim Furyk and I are big fans by going online to onpointgolf.us. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this very special edition of Next on the Tee. My thanks again to Tom Patry, Keith Hirschland, and Mitch and Matthew Lawrence for being a part of it. Scheduled to join me next week are 2013 Senior Open Champion Mark Wiebe will be back, as will Top 50 LPGA Instructor Kelly Stenzel. 1996 Texas Open Champion and now one of the great instructors in our game, David Ogren, will be here. Plus, we'll catch up with the president of the Golf Heritage Society, Dr. Bern Bernacki. Folks, you can find this show available as a podcast just about anywhere you get your podcasting content. In particular, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Player.fm, and Good Pods. And my sincere thanks to those folks over at Good Pods for making Next on the T one of their recommended podcasts. Download their free app and stream your favorite podcast on your favorite device on Good Pods. And most of all, my sincere thanks to all of you for being the greatest supporters in the history of podcasts. I appreciate you all so very much. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.